Hello, everyone, and welcome to the PokeCast, where me and my two cohorts chronicle the journey of Ash Ketchum, and today we're going to bury him. Not physically, of course, we're using wrestling terminology, but we're going to talk crap about Ash. Well, are we? Yeah, kind of. Joining me on this wonderful journey are Pokemon trainers, Gym Master, and overall masters of the Pokemon. First, we have Fire Trainer Dan. Oh, if Chris is Ash, which one of us is Misty? And which one is Brock? Ah, uh, who do I squabble with more? <laughs> That's a good question, actually. Oh, Jesus. Uh, well, I feel like... You know, Chris, if you're Ash, you have you have this decision. Because I... <laughs> I think I know. Oh, hello, Steel I Trainer Eric. Not... <laughs> hello, hello. And I'm not happy about it, but I think I know who I am. <laughs> out of those okay. Two. So first first things first. None of us are wise enough to be Brock. Let's just admit that right now. None of us are wise enough to be Brock. So at the end of the day. We're both we're Misty. Both... No. <laughs> None of us are obnoxious enough to be Misty. We're all Ash. At the end of the we're day, all just dumbasses? we're just three Ash Ketchums. Ash is actually really smart when he wants to be. It just, you know, this isn't one of them. So he's just not good at the one thing he wants to be good at. <laughs> I I can relate to that. Yeah, I've been there. Been there lots of times. I don't know how many times I've gone through things where I'm just like, you know what? I'm really good at video games. Then I discovered I'm not that great at video games, but I'm really good at drawing. And then I see somebody else's drawing and I'm like, I'm not good at drawing. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the thing, right? Is like I play video games to have fun and I stream them because I like talking about them. It has nothing to do with me being good. People are like, oh, I don't want to watch because if all right, well, I don't want to watch a guy suck at a game. Okay, well then, don't watch me. Easy enough, don't watch me. But if you want to watch somebody having fun and chat with them while they're playing, then I'm the person to to, to go with. So, I think I'm too competitive to do that. I mean, it depends on what I'm playing. If it's yeah. something where I can finish first, like racing games and things like that. Yeah. 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 It's supposed to be. Yeah, this is a very kid friendly podcast that we're doing here, aren't we? I I haven't said anything bad. I just asked if you like to finish first. That's all. Uh huh. I know where you're going with this. Well, let me put it this way, Eric. I'm still married after eight years. So it really doesn't matter. <laughs> anyway, the episodes we're going to cover today are Tentacool and Tentacruel. A very original title. I mean, it's not like it's Attack of the Tentacool or anything, but it's just... Oh, hey, these two Pokemon appear in the episode. And then we're going to talk about the Ghost of Maiden's Peak, which is one of my favorite episodes from the original Kanto run. I have a I lot do to do remember s- that one. Uh, so, so we're going from an episode I really don't care about to one that I really, really like. 
So let's let's get through this Tentacool and Tentacruel one first, because this one's just a weird episode in a couple of ways. But we'll kinda we'll kinda break it down here. So they're still in that Porta Vista place. They're gonna try to get off the island. They missed the ferry. They can't get off the island. Yes. God, I just watched that Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous, and I was getting frustrated. And I'm just like, just get off the island already. Every time they have a chance to get off the island, some weird plot line shows up where they can't. And then they have to go back. It's like, ah, uh, just get off the damn island already. And Misty sees there's a horsey in the water, and it's injured. It's got it has a, a black eye. Yeah, got a black eye. And they're just like, I wonder what's wrong with it. We'll catch it, and we'll take it to the Pokemon Center. Well, there is no Pokemon Center. We'll catch it. We'll see what we can do with it. But before she can, it paints a picture in the water. It's an ink drawing, which I I can tell what it is right away, but the dumbass Pokemon trainers, the water trainer can't tell what it is. Even though she's like, they're so cute! And... Right before she can do anything, a boat explodes. Just explodes. And there's a bunch of people in the water. Fortunately, there's only like three people on the entire boat. <laughs> so That big-ass boat needs more than three people to run. Yes. I, I'm just putting that out there. So that means like, people either died or Misty let them drown. <laughs> either so they died. Boat, well, let's make our way there and send our Pokemon ahead. So... One of the strangest things in Pokemon is a Zubat carrying a Squirtle. And how about Butterfree carrying Bulbasaur? No, we're not there yet. But yes, that does happen. No, <laughs> no, the worst part about this is they don't help. Misty just sent Staryu, Starmie, and Goldeen. They don't even help with this. Ash has a Squirtle. Ugh, freaking Ash. But wouldn't want to help. Ash's Pokemon are lazy. Like they're lazy. Yes. Well, they're not lazy. They're conserving energy. Yeah. The only Pokemon <laughs> that literally is just like a hundred percent on his game all the fucking time is Pidgeotto. Yeah, that's true. Pidgeotto's pretty badass. <laughs> so Pidgeotto is really Ash's fucking uh, starter Pokemon. <laughs> Yeah, in some ways, I would agree with you on that one. Oh, yeah. Freaking Pidgeotto. Yeah, okay, so... They, uh... They pull out these sailors from the water, and a bunch of them are paralyzed. Because something caused their ship to explode, and then also paralyzed them. They're like, well, what is this? So they, they go to see the person who's apparently the, the head of the town. And it's Nastina, who looks exactly like Brutella. Mm-hmm. Because they're cousins. It's like Nico and Roman. So oh, Nico and Roman co- don't look that similar. No, they don't, but... Ah, <laughs> oh, my cousin! Want to go bowling? Oh, my God. He calls me in the middle of a mission. Roman just... <sighs> so... You know what? If you go the way where Roman dies, the sad thing is that your girlfriend breaks up with you. Yeah, I don't take That's that story... I never do take that storyline route. I never let Roman die. Just like GTA Five, I never ever kill Michael and I never kill Trevor. Those those uh, missions aren't as fun anyway. No, they're not. I, I mean, them. I would do the I would do the alternative thing where you do this different save save files, and then that way you can go back and 
Well, you could use it. You could just go back and through the um, mission select after you've beaten the game, you can go back and do stuff. Yeah, that's but true. They're they're both neither of them are anywhere near as fun as the suicide option. But anyway, no. so Nastina is building this super super exclusive hotel right on the ocean pier. Of course, it happens to be on a coral reef, and. Her plans are upsetting the school of Tentacool that live there. And they keep attacking the construction site. So her and her Speedo-clad minions that she has there <laughs> are going to offer a $1 million prize to anyone who can exterminate these Tentacool and asks for help. And Ash and Brock are like, well, yeah, we could use money. They get to stay at the hotel for free and all this other stuff. But Misty's like, no, we can't do that. You're going to hurt these water Pokemon. And they're so cute, and they're not cute. Love is in the eye you of know, the beholder. Just, just Not tentacle, no. Ash and Brock were okay with, like, complete genocide of tentacles in this region. Well, it was to get rid of them, whether it meant that meant murdering them or moving them somewhere else. Oh, no, Ash wouldn't have well, actually I'm killed sure them. The he would have... The, the word exterminate was used <laughs> in this episode quite a few times. Now, Ash, you know what would have happened? Ash and Brock would have been like, we can't kill them. They would have just caught them and sent them all to Professor Oak and let him deal with it. Can you imagine? Professor Oak just suddenly gets 10,000 tentacles. <laughs> well, that's what's funny about when they do the Safari Zone episode and Ash catches like 20 Tauroses and it just floods <laughs> Professor Oak with them. Like, oh, shit. A bull in a china shop. Yep. The thing is, like, I know you haven't, like, gotten to that episode yet, but he's not aiming for any of them. No, he's not. That's why it's funny. <laughs> that's why it's funny. Yeah, we'll talk about that. That's another That's that's another one of those episodes we're going to watch the subtitled version because it never got dubbed because the guy points a gun at Ash. Even though we just watched an episode where a group of people point guns at Ash. But you know what? Let's Let's be picky about stuff. Well, this episode actually has a little bit of a thing to it as well. Uh, yes, this one this one got pulled off American TV after 9-11. And after Hurricane Katrina. <laughs> yep, too. And those were only four years apart, by the way. Which is kind of crazy to think about. So they, they, they go and they check on Horsey. The Super Potion's doing well, and it's having... It's having a good time, and that's when Misty's like, oh, those drawings earlier, that was Tentacool and Tentacruel. That's what it was trying to tell us. And that's when Nastina makes the public announcement, because they rejected her offer. She's like, hey, who wants to do this? And of course they're like, who would be sick enough to take up that offer? And right then, the entire Every town... single person in town. Everybody $10, in town. $10,000. Yeah, basically, you're all gonna. That's all anybody's gonna walk away with is maybe a thousand if they're lucky. <laughs> yeah, but they go with Team Rocket because they're like, we can help you. We've got super secret stun sauce, and then we're gonna sell them at a fish market, and then their boat gets attacked by Tentacool because, of course, it does. One of the tentacle even takes the stun sauce and uses it to attack the boat, and the boat blows up because these tentacles can shoot lasers. And the sauce lands on the tentacle, and it doesn't stun it. It evolves it into a tentacruel 
That is ridiculously huge. They even point that out immediately. They're like, even at its highest height, Tentacruel shouldn't be that tall. So good job, Jesse and James. You showed him a moonstone, a super moonstone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, anyway, who's that Pokemon? I'm going to assume it's Tentacool. Nope. No, it's Horsey. Uh, I, I was going to try to have Eric guess that one. <laughs> Be like, <laughs> well, yeah, well, what's the title of the episode, Eric? Oh, it's got to be Tentacruel uh, then. Nope, it's Horsey. Okay. <laughs> yes, it's Horsey. It's Horsey. Tentacool. The epi- neither, neither Pokemon in the title of the episode get to be part of this. You know why? Because they're not cute. You can't send kids, kids away to commercials seeing one of them. Horsey is actually cute. Horsey's yeah, legit is. cute. Horsey's legit cute. I'll give Horsey that one. That's why you get Horsey instead of Tentacruel or Tentacruel. So what does yeah. Tentacruel do? Immediately, it floods the city. And that's Katrina. why it wasn't on TV after Katrina. And it starts destroying buildings. And that's why it wasn't available <laughs> after 9-11. <laughs> and then it takes Meowth and uses it to telepathically communicate to all the trainers. Yes, very much like Independence Day. <laughs> Yes, I was thinking the same thing when that shit happened. Yeah, that's Independence Day. Well, if this episode came out in '98, and Independence Day or '97, '97 in Japan, and Independence Day was '94, '95, '96 around that time. So yeah, they could have gotten that inspiration from it. It's not like Japan is unaware of American culture. They love American culture over there. Yeah, that's why they love sending us their stuff. Because they like Japan is a country that likes sharing its culture. That's why when you go to the the store in Epcot that sells all the Japanese stuff, it's you walk in and you see Pokemon and Naruto and Goku and Mario, and you're just like, "This is tacky." No, that's their culture. They're proud to share their culture. Independence Day, nineteen ninety six. Yeah, came year- out July third, nineteen ninety six. Okay, so one year difference is perfectly reasonable then. Guys, 25 years ago today. As, yeah, we, as we record this, yeah. All right, well, good night, everybody. This was a great episode. I'm gonna <laughs> Speaking Independence of... Day's old enough to rent a car. <laughs> oh, God. God damn it. Ah. <laughs> uh. And you got to think about, I was a teenager when it came out. <laughs> no, I don't want to think about this. <laughs> I was 13 when it came out, so. That was yeah. that was a big summer blockbuster, though. Yeah, it was. But I didn't get to see until I got the VHS for Christmas. Yeah, I didn't get to see it till I got it on VHS as well, but. But it was fun. I got to see it in movie theaters, but I didn't pay for it. Because you were 10. That's yeah, one, one also, <laughs> what movie came out around that time that I bought a ticket for and ended up seeing? 96? I don't know, because Independence Day was in the theater for like six months that year. Space Jam? No, it wasn't Space Jam. It was definitely a car- it was a It was a Disney movie. It was an animated movie, but I can't remember. Because I didn't see it. <laughs> I, pay- I bought the ticket for that and then went and saw Independence Day. <laughs> Nice. 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 
Anyway, uh, yeah, so they're like, you humans have destroyed our habitat, so now we're going to destroy yours, is basically what's happening here. But it's okay. Hunchback came out in 96. My favorite movie. So well, favorite Disney that. movie. But also Beavis and Butthead do America. Which I loved. Which I don't think you probably did not buy a Beavis and Butthead do America ticket and then went to see Independence Day. No, because I definitely would have saw that. <laughs> yeah, you probably bought the Disney movie. Well, that was the thing. The theaters that, oh, oh, that was around my place, they were super strict on, like, carting people. So I didn't have a choice, really. I mean, That's... I paid for a movie, okay? But it just wasn't the movie I planned on watching. Hey, as long yeah. as it's not sold out and somebody's struggling to find a seat, because that's when they'll actually start checking tickets. Yeah. So you're good. You're good as long as that doesn't happen. Hey, Black Widow's about to hit the theater, and we're going to go see it. In the theater, because that's the way these movies are meant to be seen. Agreed. Um. So, yeah. So this is when uh, Misty's pleading with them. You know, please stop. And then Horsey's pleading with it. And uh, Horsey gets swatted away by a tentacle. So they're just like, what do we do? Pidgeotto, grab it. Because <laughs> every time Ash uses Pidgeotto, it's to save something. And the last time he used Pidgeotto yeah. it was to light the fire so the guy could cook. So they're just like, all right, well, screw it. Let's just use our Pokemon and send them back. And that's when, yeah, Zubat is carrying a Pokemon. Butterfree's carrying Zubat. a Pokemon. Yeah, Zubat's got Squirtle and Butterfree is. And Pikachu's riding the Pidgeotto. <laughs> that one makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that one That one I can actually buy into. I didn't realize Zubat's were that strong. Butterfree has been Bulbasaur. <laughs> By the bulb. By the bulb, yeah. You don't really know how Zubat's carrying Squirtle at all. Yeah, I don't really understand that one either. I mean, if Squirtle was riding the Zubat, it might have made a little more sense, but... The Squirtle's twice the size of the Zubat. I mean, we, we just said it. Like, Squirtle did not need to be in the air. He's a fucking water Pokemon. So... The but it's okay because no one dies in all this attack because it's, it's a construction zone... So no one lives there. No one's on vacation there. And all of the workers had run away a long time ago. Right. But the Pokemon are attacking. And of course, Tentacruel is like, why are you helping the humans? And that's when Misty finally steps in and is like, we understand what we're doing is wrong. We're not going to hurt your home. Just stop this attack. We can live in peace. And then Tentacruel, of course, it agrees. But it's like, well, if you do this again, we're not going to stop. And then it literally just throws me out into a Ferris wheel and destroys the rest of the park in the process. And the Meowth is like, how did I get here? And it just slowly goes away to go find that oversized Dragonite. Yeah, right? They can be buds. <laughs> they can go live on the island of giant Pokemon with all the mechanical ones. <laughs> so, of course... Right as Tentacruel is about to uh, to get away, Nastina opens fire on it because she's got a freaking tank. And then Horsey just blacks, blasts her in the face with its ink, and Tentacruel whacks her away. And then she lands on Brutella, who is rebuilding her restaurant. 
And then he should have died, man. Uh, Jesse and James should be dead. Like, dead dead at this point. And they are not, so. So then, of course, they finally get on their boat of the mainland. They're like, so Misty, you think they're still cute? And she's like, well, obviously, but I got something even cuter, and it's horsey. And then yeah. she does Ash's <laughs> victory pose, and he starts freaking out. Hey, that's he... my thing. And then Brock's like, hey, I like that, too. I'm going to do that, too. Yeah. But the best part is Team Rocket is just in a bucket being towed by the ship. <laughs> They're just like, they, they can't even get on the boat for the mainland. They have to just get towed in a barrel. So that sucks for them, anyway. But, yeah, that's Tentacool and Tentacruel. Eh... It's does it doesn't really accomplish anything except introduce you to two new Pokemon that we haven't really seen yet. And we get horsey out of it. Yeah, I don't like this episode. Uh, a lot of people don't yeah. like this episode. Yeah. Even and, as as far like I know it's a filler, but it's not the best filler. Yeah. It's not the worst. But it's isn't Nastina generous? You know what? She actually is. She's offering quite a lot of a prize to, to get her way. Oh, yeah. As long as yeah. I get to get my hotel, I'll let you stay there for free. She probably has none of that money up front. What, what, of course what was not. her plan? I think it was just going to get rid of the things, offer the, the $1 million or whatever, but in settlement payments as she starts making profit off of the hotel, slowly pay them off. <laughs> She's a, a a great businesswoman, but a bitch. Like great businesswoman. Sorry. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so of course, uh, in the original in the original version, the Japanese version, Nastina and Brutella actually have the exact same name. And the running joke is they keep mistaking them for one another, and she keeps insisting she's not. And then that's the the gag at the end when she lands on her cousin. You realize that it actually was two separate people. But we couldn't do that for the dub version because we skipped that episode initially, so it wouldn't have made sense. So there you go. And don't worry, we're done with those characters. You're never seeing them again. So yeah, no, this is a, that's a pretty popular consensus. Is the uh, this is not the the most popular episode, and I agree. Meh, it, it's a meh episode. It really is. It, this episode does nothing for me, and I don't. I think pretty much. Uh... By the way, on the 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 screenshot, one of the screenshots is the Pokemon being carried, and like Bulbasaur is strapped to Butterfree with its vines. But yeah, Zubat is just got Squirtle by nothing. <laughs> so I don't understand that at all. The Bulbasaur one makes sense because it's using I mean, its vines. <laughs> but it also doesn't because the Bulbasaur's got it way more. Got it way too much. For or or that Butterfree's been working out, bro. That Butterfree lifts. I mean, he is a special Butterfree. I mean, he went from his... Evolved faster than anyone else. He went from bug stage to butterfree in like 24 hours. Oh. 
Yeah. Yeah. So maybe he swole. <laughs> maybe he swole. <clears throat> All right, let's talk about the Ghost of Maiden's Peak, because I really like this episode. This is one of the better filler episodes ever done in an anime. Because it's got stuff that I like. It's got ghosts. It has ghost it actually Pokemon. genuinely scary <laughs> moments. And it's funny. It's legitimately funny. So let's talk about Ghost of Maiden's Peak. So they arrive at the Maiden's Peak area off of Porta Vista, and it's the end of summer. And they're like, ah, oh, yes, it's, it's a festival. Let's go. And we realize that Brock is currently depressed because... The end of summer means the end of bikini season. And he doesn't get to he doesn't get to creep on girls in their bathing suits. Now they're going to be wearing full clothes, and he won't know if they're lying about their body. <laughs> that is basically the incentive. <laughs> That's the insinuation, and yeah, I I think you're right. <clears throat> I also love that we get the tease right off the bat. We see the ghost, and then Ghastly shows up right away and you're like oh this could be interesting so brock sees this beautiful girl on the horizon you know the purple hair the red flower and of course she disappears almost immediately while he's being distracted by people running off the ship but pikachu is the one that notices the girl's actually a ghastly ash and misty don't see anything so Pikachu's already in on this. But we've I think we've established of the four of them, Pikachu's the smartest. Yeah. Pikachu's the trainer. <laughs> Pikachu's the actual up. trainer. <laughs> Pikachu's the actual trainer. Ash, Misty, and Brock are his Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen the face swap? It's all four of them, and all four of their faces are swapped. And it just looks really weird. I'm pretty sure Pikachu has Brock's face, which is the funniest part. It just looks really weird. But yeah, look that up, guys. Just look up Pokemon face swaps. There's tons of them, and they're hysterical. So, Team Rocket arrives, and they're like, Oh, look, Taurus. That means they're going to drop money. Let's go looking for it. And right as they're about to do that, James sees the same girl. And Jesse's like, Hey, we're here for money. Okay, I forgot. James is really funny in this episode, by the way. Brock gets a little a little obnoxious with his obsession, but James gets funny. Because we realize James is just a big coward. James, who isn't even straight? Or, it, I mean, that's the thing, right? He's... I think James plays for both teams. I think that's the actual answer there. He plays for both teams. He's like, Pan. No, he's too dumb to be Pan. Are you kidding me? <laughs> he's too, he wouldn't even know what that is. I think he's so dumb. He is Pan without knowing it. Jesus Christ. I accept this as headcanon. Accepted. <laughs> <laughs> I accept your theory, sir. So while they're, while they're crawling around, they run into this old lady. So Ash and his friends meet this creepy old lady because Brock's looking for beautiful young woman. And she's like, well, maybe beauty's in the eye of the beholder. 
And then she insults Misty for being a scrawny little thing, and Misty gets mad, punches out Ash and Brock, and then drags her away with them. And of course, Brock's like, the beautiful girl, I gotta meet her. Meanwhile, Jesse, James, and Meowth are crawling around looking for money and realizing that these tourists are not clumsy at all. And of course, James did you is- find a penny, though. Yes, which, did, if you notice, was an American penny that they edited in for the, the dub. But Officer Jenny shows up when he's like, oh, well, I know what you guys are doing. The old lady's great, too. She's like, you two are up to no good. He's like, no, I dropped this. And then, I know what you guys are doing. And you of course, this money. Let's go to the uh, let's go to the PD. Oh yeah, fill up the forms. Uh, no, no, no. That's okay. That's okay. We don't have to do that. <laughs> yeah, I love that too. <laughs> they just they go into full panic mode. No, no, no. We're we're good. We're good. We don't have to do that. Bye. <laughs> so of course, the old lady has planted the seeds in both Brock and James's mind about this beautiful young woman. And they realize, oh, you know, well, you can find her at the uh, the Shrine of the Maiden, where they've got the uh, 2,000-year-old painting. And that's when Brock and James realize it's the same girl that they saw. And then the guy unveiling the painting is like, yes, this girl disappeared 2,000 years ago. The story, it's one of those typical urban legend ghost stories. Her, the love of her life went off to fight in the war. She waited for him and he never returned. And she turned to stone on the site. Which is a pretty typical urban legend that you hear in places like this, right? My daughter's been dead since 1963. <laughs> Isn't this base off an actual story? Um, urban legend like this? I'm sure there is. It's not one that I, like, I can't give you a specific example off the top of my head, but I've heard stories like this. So, yeah, I'm sure this was definitely inspired by something. But that's what's kind of cool about it, too. And so they're just hanging out. Brock's just staring at the, the statue, staring at the painting. And... Meowth has a great idea. He's like, you know, Pokemon are valuable, but so are works of art. Let's swipe the painting. That way we can sell it and make tons of money, which is actually a pretty good idea for once. And of course, Brock is still hanging out at the cliff. He's like, you guys go enjoy the festival. I just want to stay here a little while. And sure enough, at 11 p.m., it's curfew time by the uh, the classic the classic clock that actually says 11 o'clock curfew time. I wish I had a clock that specifically talked to me like that. I bet there's apps for that now. And that's when Nurse Joy shuts the gates and she's like, no, you need sleep. Your friend will be fine. Eric, who's that Pokemon? Okay, let's see. It's probably Ghastly. Goldstar. <laughs> Ghastly! Is it? Okay. Goldstar! Yeah, this time they're not screwing with us too badly. Okay. I heard you say Gold Star, but I didn't hear Gold Star, so I thought, wrong. I was like, what? Yes, Gold really? Star is the Pokemon. <laughs> nope, it's Gold Star. What the? It's Pikachu! <laughs> it's Pikachu! Nope, it's Ghastly! Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So Meowth wakes up. They're they're sleeping in uh they're sleeping in cocoons, right? They're they're sleeping bag cocoons. And he's just like Oh, the mummy bags, yeah. Yeah, the the classic mummy bags. I had one of those when I went camping, the mummy bag. That's actually the best sleeping bag for camping because it keeps you super warm. And because it's it's basically like body conforming, it's not like you know, you have to toss and turn in it. You can literally just lay down on at the in the tent and go to sleep. Lay on your side and everything, and it moves with you. Those are great bags. And they got the little baby one for Meowth. And the best part is, uh, is it like, aren't, isn't James dreaming about the maiden, but Jesse's dreaming about the motto or something like that? Because, of course, they talk in their sleep. Think so? Yeah, but then the actual ghost comes out of the cabin, puts Meowth back to sleep with hypnosis, and wakes up James. She's like, I've been waiting for you. And she says the same thing to Brock, who's still sitting there. It's like, I've been waiting to meet you. And I think what's absolutely hilarious about this is like, we're getting close to that point where. The, the team finds them you know what i'll wait until that point okay well that's pretty much coming up the, the next the next morning because ash and misty are looking for brock meowth and jesse are searching for james they they have their face-to-face meeting and of course they go to confront each other which is the best part because jesse tries to do the the motto by herself <laughs> she fills in james's parts and then you wearily hear his voice coming out from the distance so to find him she just finishes the motto and then he comes flying out the door (laughs) and him and brock are just well they just they've been hypnotized they look weird they're completely abnormal they're completely out of it they're out of it and the funny thing is at this point they get pikachu to like zap them out to like wake them up and bring them back to consciousness and and uh james literally is, is just like back to normal 100 percent. he wants nothing to do with girls again yeah. but, but brock on the other hand doesn't give a fuck who am i <laughs> just, i am brock <laughs> yeah I, I love that he's like i'm james of team rocket he's back yeah but not to normal <laughs> Yes, so of course, Brock is still obsessed with this girl, but James is just terrified because a ghost just messed with him, and he doesn't know what to do about it. So in reality, James is the more logical person in this scenario. Yeah. And the old lady shows up, and she's like, I warned you guys about this. She's like, this always goes after young men who pass through. They fall under her spell. Like, so what do we do? Well, we can protect themselves. Here are, well, it's called Ofudu, but they're anti-ghost stickers, as they call them here. She's like, well, we put them around the shrine, it'll keep the ghost away. Of course, they're not free. <laughs> but. But if that's. Well, it's actually later revealed that it's a buy one, get one situation. Oh, yes. <laughs> Which is really funny, too. So they cover both of the boys with them, like, just head to toe. My be- the best part is James is like, do you think this is going to work? And then Jesse just slaps one over his mouth. 
<laughs> so comes to nighttime. You think this is going to work? It has to work. All of rocks fall off. <laughs> up immediately. And he gets sucked away. And then James is starting to get sucked, but he still has his stickers on. And he's like, what's going on? I have the protection. And they, and then Jesse has to tell him, well, actually, yours, they, they bought everyone they bought for him. There was a free one. So all the ones you got were free. So he's like, you're gambling my life away like this. I can't believe that. <laughs> The best part is Brock just willingly accepts it, right? <laughs> he just goes with it. Like, oh, well, they, they just pick now. him up and just like, yep, yep this uh, is my life now. Death by Snoo Snoo. Ghost yep. Snoo Snoo. <laughs> so, of course, the ghost is taking them away and they're trying to stop it. And James doesn't want to go either. Well, Ash and Misty can't get Brock to come back. And he's just like, guys, guys just let me go. I want to do this. Well, James is crying. So Jesse shows up with a bazooka and blasts a hole through the ghost. And then, of course you have the bazooka. And he, James is like, you really care? She's like, no, it's not about you. I hate girls like that. <laughs> All they want to do is just sit around for their man the whole time. And I'm just, this is one of the things where I'm kind of like, go Jesse. <laughs> Because that's, well, that's actually part of, part of that dynamic, right? Is Jesse is a strong, independent woman, and she is definitely the leader of this duo. 100% the leader of this duo. Because it sure as hell ain't James, because he's a dum-dum. It's, sure, it's not Meowth either. Well, Meowth thinks he's the leader, but we all know that's not the yeah. case. <laughs> Unfortunately, Jesse's just barely less of a dum-dum than he is. Yes, but you know what? She's still the smartest. That's what counts in this scenario. <laughs> yeah, but you're dumb too. But I'm still smarter than both of you, sons of bitches. So that's why Jesse can just kick their asses. And that's also why they are so they conform to everything. Like, yeah, Meowth comes up with the plans, but Jesse actually executes them. And then James just shows up with coughing. Coughing. So Ash decides, okay, this is it. Let's just Pokemon battle this because apparently it's Pokemon. Yeah, because she's just like, you can't stop me. And she starts sending out these weird ghost creatures. And they're like, what well, the hell? the Pokemon. Yeah, Ash and is he like. messing with the Pokemon too. Well, Ash is checking his Pokedex and he's just like, that's not a Pokemon I've ever seen. And then the thing is detecting a Pokemon. So he points it right at the maiden and it's like, a Pokemon has been detected. Ghastly. And she's like, ah, you figured it out. Sometimes I'm the old maiden. Sometimes I'm the old lady. But other times I'm... And then I'm awfully gathly. I'm like, all right, that's awesome. There's like, well, if you're a Pokemon, that means that I can battle you. Get him, Pikachu. Pikachu's like, huh? <laughs> also, another Pokemon that can talk. Yes. Nobody bats an eye. No, and that's the thing, right? Is like there are some Pokemon in the world that can talk and have figured it out. And we realize when we get Meow's origin story later on, we realize that it's possible for Pokemon to learn this. I guess they just don't. Like Pikachu could have done it. I mean, Meowth did it, and Pikachu's clearly smarter than Meowth. Yeah, but Pikachu's kind of a jackass, too. <laughs> yeah, Pikachu is. So they all start sending out their Pokemon, and it starts messing with them. Oh, that's the best part. First is Pikachu. He's like, how do you stop a rodent? With a mousetrap. 
I guess it was a mousetrap. So Meowth is like, you know, mousetraps won't stop Meowth. He goes, well, how about this? And he turns into a ball of yarn. And Meowth is just like, you know, he's a cute little He's cute little up the Ekans, And he's like, what's the, the, what's the best thing for a snake? A mongoose! Yep, at dinner time. <laughs> and then out comes... Oh, yeah, she tags in James while he's still sitting there dumbfounded from what happened. She literally tags him and he's just like, oh, uh, coughing, smoke screen? Like, he doesn't know what oh, to he do. Did, uh, he does poison gas. It's the first time he does a different move. <laughs> yeah, and then it's just, it's the mongoose has a gas mask on and stumps on it. It's <laughs> <laughs> so just like, smoking comes, is prohibited. <laughs> out comes Bulba and... Well, Charmander's first. Oh, yeah, Charmander. So he goes after him with a fire extinguisher. He's like, here you go, squirt. And, of course, he's doing the thing where he's running away, holding his tail in front of him. Yep. It's like, well, so how? Bulba and Squirt come out. Oh, that's the best part. The fucking and he goes, <laughs> what about if you have to deal with the fully evolved versions of yourself? Heck, what if we just put them together? What about the Venus toys? <laughs> and they just run away scared. So Missy's like, all right, leave this to me. And she's like, I've got a cross, garlic, and a steak. And he's like, well, what the hell? Am I a vampire or something? <laughs> but then the sun rises, and ghost Pokemon hate sunlight. So he's just like, okay, I- I'm-, I'm leaving till the next festival. So please don't forget about me, the old maiden. They'll be back next year. And he's gone. And it turns out he was a very gentleman ghost anyway. Oh, that's the best part is the twist at the end. It turns out the ghost of the maiden is real, and he's doing this to keep the legend alive. And to make money, because he's a scam artist, too. He's a gentlemanly ghastly. Give him a top hat, a monocle. He ruins, apparently, at least one life every year. (laughs) Apparently so. But he's doing it for the maiden. Oh, so you're telling me that he does it all for the nookie? Yeah. Whatever the, on, whatever the ghost equivalent of that is, I guess. The spooky? <laughs> he does it. <laughs> he does it all <laughs> spooky. <laughs> God damn Come it. on! God damn it. Well, uh, this is a 90s show. I guess we can make... Well, you already talked about Independence Day. Let's talk about Fred Durst, too. Shit, anybody want to whip out their Tamagotchis while they're at it? Like, son of... God damn it. That was... Uh, I hate how funny that was. So, yeah. So they have the, uh, they decide to just participate with the last night of the festival where they do the, uh, the tangled lantern, lantern boats and everything. They're like, yep, we send out the boats to help any wandering spirits find their way. And that's when we actually find out that Ghastly is going with the boats. That's probably how he leaves every year. He just travels with the boats. And Ash and his friends have fun at the festival. Jesse and James are participating, and the narrator's just like, cheer up, Brock. As always, next year. Give the guy hope. Give him him a little false hope, yeah. Uh, So yeah, that's Ghost of Maiden's Peak. I love this episode. It's funny. It's clever. It deals with urban legends. It's good filler. I mean, and it's got a ghost Pokemon in it. You can't go like, wrong with ghost like, Pokemon. There's like one or two times where it's actually kind of scary. Yeah, because he sends friggin' laughing skulls at them. 
Like, son of a bitch, dude. Yeah. And then when he, I think the best part about that was when he pulled out the Pokedex, he's like, this ain't a Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like, what the hell is this? <laughs> oh, shit. I love the Venus Doys thing, too. And the Mongoose. That always made me laugh. I mean, there isn't a Mongoose Pokemon until, like, Gen 3 when they when they do, Z, uh, what's it called? Zangoose. Zangoose, yeah. Zangoose and Seviper. Because Gen 3 had the tag, introduced the tag team battles. So they had, like, Plusle and Minun and all the ones that went, go together. And then they had the two that repelled each other. So, yes. So whatever the Great War 2,000 years ago, that was definitely, like, it looked like Roman gladiator type stuff. They're still real world animals in this in this land. It's they're just not common. A mongoose. Like, like we've seen fish and everything, we've seen birds, but now we've got the mongoose. Also, uh, Venusaur and Blastoise do a parody of the fusion dance from Dragon Ball Z. Because anime. I appreciated it. <laughs> Ah, Maiden's Peak is a real place in Oregon. Yeah. Okay. And the Maiden's Peak statue is taken from early episodes of the Slayers anime series. I've never seen that one. Eric, you familiar with that one? No. Okay. We all know... So this is the only ghastly that we meet in the series that can speak and shapeshift, but if this one can do it... I mean, we're going to see another ghastly in just a couple episodes anyway, when they do the, the ghost Pokemon in Lavender Town. But yeah, that was a... This one is definitely fun. Uh, I freaking... I freaking love this episode. Yeah, this episode's up there. Well, it's a really good episode. I think I I love the whole urban legend feel to it. That's I think that's my favorite part. Well, guys, next episode's about fucking. I mean, yeah. So the next two episodes that we are going to cover are Bye Bye Butterfree. This is the this will start the endless tradition of Ash letting Pokemon go. And then we are going to do Abra and the Psychic Showdown when Ash goes to challenge Sabrina in Saffron City. In the game, I always did the Erica battle before I did the Sabrina battle because fighting the grass gym leader was easier than fighting the Psychic one. And it's the only time you can make that choice. Well, you know why, right? Because fucking Sabrina's OP is shit. There's only... Okay, first off... <laughs> First off, don't even get me started. The only thing that Psychic is weak to in this game is Bug and supposedly Ghost, but Ghost was immune or for whatever fucking reason. They they accidentally... Ghost moves do well, but the problem with the Ghosts is that they were also poison. So while that yeah. didn't... So what that and did was... it those fucking bugs. So it canceled each other out. Right. So you'd... I mean, if you had a, if you had a Parasect, you might be okay, because that's Bug Grass, but... But you also, th that's the thing, right? It's not about the typing, it's about the moves. Correct. But it also doesn't help that, like, in order to get that good boost, right, you needed, you, like, uh, the stab move. It's called a stab move. You get a bonus for using the same type 
move and Pokemon together. Right. So the if move you is use a grass Pokemon with a grass type or a grass move with a grass type, then right. you know it does extra damage. Charmander knows move... Iron Tail, right? But that Iron Tail would be much more effective if a Lucario is using it. Yeah. Or in, in this case, well, let's put up a good matchup, right? The best Pokemon that you can get that's not Psychic type to go up against a uh, Alakazam, which I believe she has, right? I, I can't remember. Pretty sure she has an. Alakazam. I'd have to. I'll, I'll check real quick while we're while you're doing this. Okay, is a Gengar, and you need to trade somebody to get a Gengar. So if right. you're playing solo, that means the best you can do is a Haunter. And a Haunter is slow compared to an Alakazam. Very slow. On top of that, an Alakazam special is equal to his, uh, in Gen 1, uh, that's all it was. It was special. Not special defense and special attack. It was just called special. And it did both defense and attack. And it was so ridiculously mm-hmm. high that even if you managed to go first and land a critical hit, it doesn't do that much damage. And then Alakazam, on the other hand, is literally second to Mewtwo when it comes to special. You know, the other thing about Alakazam is when you take on Sabrina, it's a level 43 Alakazam, and it also knows Recover. So once you get its HP down, you're like, I'm going to do this. It just hits you with Recover and gets its HP back. And you're like, well, shut up, bitch! So Sabrina's team in in the original game is Kadabra, Mr. Mime, Venomoth, and Alakazam. That will also be yeah. true when Dan gets there in his Fire Red playthrough. Do, and it, well, at least in Fire Red, they separate as special, so it's now special attack and special defense. But in actual Gen 1, it was one category, and if you were good at one, you were good at the other. So yeah. if you, like, Mewtwo was a fucking tanky boy because he had the highest special in the game, so he automatically had the highest special defense <laughs> in the game. A tanky boy. <laughs> he was. Okay, and, and and then on top of that, every every fucking bug type was basically a poison type. Yeah, most of them. Uh, you know what? Now that I think about it, the most plentiful type in Gen One is poison type. So it's like they designed it so every fucking thing that you put up there was going to get super affected by a uh, psychic. Uh, yeah, I mean, the only, the only pure bug type Pokemon in, in Gen 1 was, uh, Caterpie, Metapod, and Pinsir. And Caterpie and Metapod are, are useless as far as going up against anything stronger anyway. And you don't get Pinsir till you get to the Safari Zone. And then right. Butterfree was bug flying, so Butterfree could stand a chance. Parasect was bug grass. But then you were screwed on on everything else because the only other option would have been Scyther. And again, Scyther is Safari Zone, depending on which version you're playing. You either have Scyther or Pinsir. So everything else for your your bug types were your, uh, yeah, that was it. There really aren't that many bug type Pokemon anyway. If you actually look at it, there aren't that many. It's not a con- it's like it's like ice there just aren't that many of them. But yeah, it's it's really hard to get a good bug type pokemon unless you 
unless you get the right dual type. Like if you get uh the later gens have a ton of a ton of options there. Like having a Durant or an uh, an Escalavir will give you a bug steel type. But that's dual weak against fire. <laughs> so According to this, out of 150 Pokemon, 33 of them had a poison typing. In Gen 1? In Gen 1. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah, poison is pretty freaking common. I mean, look at all the pure poison types out there. Ekans and Arbok. Even though some of them should technically be a Venom type. Yes, well... Get into that. I mean, Grimer, Muck, Coughing, Wheezing. So, that automatically made every Psychic type super effective against 30, like, one-third. Okay? You can't, you can't go in there with a Nidoqueen or a Nidoking, <coughs> even though those are pretty strong, because it'll, it'll wreck it. Yeah. You can't use Golbat. That'll get wrecked. You can't use Grimers and Mucks. You can't use Coughing and Wheezing. Also, it looks like the strongest bug move, even if you were to give it to the strongest bug type, wouldn't have done shit to him anyway. Yeah. Because it's it's the strongest bug move is like 20 power. Your Venusaur is screwed. Your Vile Plume is screwed. Your Victory Bell is screwed. Your Venomoth is screwed. <laughs> like, oh. yeah. You can't even Good use it. Sabrina. <laughs> you can't use Tentacruel. Now, the only advantage with Gengar is that the Ghost and Poison cancel their effects out, so Psychic just does regular damage. But no, Psychic type... Doesn't. That's the thing. In Gen 1, they got the mixings mixed up. So instead of Psychics being weak to Ghost type, they were immune to Ghost type. Ah, uh, okay. Well, so then, you then did get... no damage with Ghost moves. Well, then screw Gengar. And it kind of sucks that the four trade Pokemon were Gengar, Alakazam, Gollum, and Machamp, which are all really good. And it's like, nope, you need friends to get these. Well, crap. Yeah. Like, I might have friends, but we ain't got the fucking share cable. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right? That's the other thing. (laughs) You just looked at your friend, and your friend looked at you, and you're just like, oh, this sucks. (laughs) I consent, but uh, we don't have the ability. I remember, I remember I had the thing where I had like multiple Mews and I would just trade them with people and then they would, I'd I'd be like, well, I genuinely don't care what you give me because I had the full Pokedex at the time. Like, so just give me whatever you want. And they're like, okay. So then the one kid like traded me a Rattata and I was like, okay. So I leveled that thing up to level 100 (laughs) just to do it. And I was just like, nope, nope, nope. If this is how we're going to play this, I'm going to make this the strongest Raticate in history. So I have a level 100 Raticate just because I do. Nice. That was the thing back in the day. It was once I figured out how to get Mew. I just did that a whole bunch. I think we all did. Yeah. Uh, This has been a really fun episode. I genuinely enjoyed doing this episode. So we do apologize. It's It's coming out a little later than we planned, but... Uh, we just had some scheduling conflicts that affected it, but we, we got the episode out to you guys, and we will be discussing extensively uh, Ash letting Pokemon go and Psychic types being OP. That will be coming up yeah. on the the, uh, the next Pokecast here. So thank you guys very, very much. 
Keep following us. Join the Facebook group if you haven't already. Facebook.com slash group slash Pokecast. You just search for Pokecast and wherever you just go on the Facebook and be like, I'm going to look for Pokecast. You can join for free and publish to your heart's content. We'll see you guys next time for more Pokemon Talk. Farewell. See ya.